I'm willing to make a bet this morning that everybody in this room of any uh, age at all, uh, even probably the teenagers among us, are probably suffering from one of the five symptoms that I want Landon to go ahead and bring up on the screen uh, right now. Okay, bring up these five symptoms for us. Five symptoms. You can look over them. We're going to talk about them for a couple of minutes. And uh, I'm going to explain to you briefly what I mean by these symptoms. And then I'd like for us to have a little confession time as we go. So when I explain one, I want you to ask yourself, is that me? Is that, is that me lately? Is that me right now? And if it is, we're all going to confess together which ones are kind of hitting most closely to home this morning. And I'll even go first, all right? I would say that uh, I have struggled with all five of those at different times. I still do at different times, actually. Lately, I would say the first two have probably been hitting me uh, most closely and kind of hit me in the gut a little bit as I was uh, preparing this message to kick off our new series today. Um, frequent irritability. Do you find yourself easily agitated, quickly frustrated? Have you reacted with more anger lately than might be customary for you? For me, I would say that's probably been true lately. Uh, Brenda, I'm sure, would corroborate that because she has to live with it. So uh, <laughs> uh, how about you? Anybody uh, say frequent irritability? You're familiar? Yeah, relate? Yeah, I thought we might. Uh, the second one, emotional numbness. This is when you feel unmoved by things that used to really matter to you. Maybe you even find it hard to care about somebody else's pain right now. Uh, I don't know that mine has been numbness, but what I would certainly relate to here is maybe compassion fatigue. I feel like, I think I've hit my quotient lately, you know? It's like uh, I've helped carry a lot of burdens for a lot of people who are hurting, and uh, some of those are a bit close to home for me, and I sometimes feel a little bit like, not one more. I can't take one more of these, you know? And, and it's amazing. God always gives the grace when one more shows up, right? But I've certainly felt like my heart is just so full of burdens for people that I don't hardly know how much more could be added on to that. Anybody relate to that emotional numbness or compassion fatigue? Anybody had that lately? Yeah, there's a lot of hurt going on in, uh, in the world these days. How about disordered priorities? This is where you may be busier than you've ever been, but you still don't think you have time for the stuff that really matters. Like you always find yourself reacting to life you don't ever feel like you're proactive, like let's plan something ahead and then watch it play out. We're just always playing catch up. Anybody struggle with your priorities all out of whack uh, lately? Let's confess. Okay, several of you, yeah. The things you really want to do, as Paul said, are not the things I do and the things I don't really necessarily want to do, but I think I have to do. That's what I keep finding myself doing. Uh, escapist behaviors. This is where you try to escape through binge watching TV or overeating, over drinking. Anybody? Anybody like me, Little Debbie's your best friend? <laughs> My wife's got to quit putting Little Debbie cakes in the pantry because I find every single one of them. Even when they're in the boxes in the back, she puts them back, you know, if like I won't find them there. Oh, yeah, I know where all of the hiding places are. Spiritual apathy. Spiritual apathy is where the things that keep you close to God aren't necessarily close to your life right now. How long has it been since you spent any meaningful time in prayer or meditation or just contemplating on Scripture? You just feel like, ah, I just don't have much heart for it right now. Anybody found yourself more spiritually apathetic lately than normal? Yeah, several of us again. Thank you for your honesty. Um, if you weren't able to diagnose yourself that quickly as we went through the symptoms, 
And you're like, I don't know which ones apply to me. And maybe none of them do. If you're in that place this morning, hang on to that as long as you can, all right? That's a good place to be, I suppose. You can also ask people who live with you, people who know you well, people who are close to you, and if you give them true permission to speak, uh, they're probably going to tell you what your symptoms are, even if you don't see them yet. Now, I said they're symptoms. So if we're talking about symptoms, they have to be symptoms of something, right? And of course, the title of our series probably gives that away. These are symptoms of what we're calling in the month of June, hurry sickness. Hurry sickness is where you're always striving, never arriving. (laughs) Always striving, never arriving. That's how John Mark Comer describes it in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And that book is going to shape the framework of our month together in June. And I think it's a really good way to kick off summer, actually, when we might have a chance to breathe, to reflect, to think about some things differently. We're going to sort of feed that desire that might be in you. Uh, Dallas Willard once famously said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. I think that's why we really need this good news that I get to proclaim this morning. If hurry sickness is always striving, never arriving, the fast pace of our lives can cut off our connection to God, to each other, to our own souls. But Jesus invites us to move away from the hurry and to enter into stillness. That's good news for your soul today. Now, might be a good place for me to do a don't hear what I'm not saying statement. I believe there's a difference between a busy life that's full and a busy life that's flustered. Again, John Mark Homer. You might want to read or listen to his book this month to follow along. He says, there's a healthy kind of business where your life is full of things that matter, not wasted on empty leisure or trivial pursuits. The problem isn't when you have a lot to do, it's when you have too much to do, and the only way to keep up the quota is to hurry. And so for the month of June, we're just going to sit with that, and we're going to ask ourselves, what's the difference between a life that's full and a life that's flustered, and are there things we could practice that would help us access the full life that we probably deeply one. And we're going to give you four practices along the way that have been impacting our lives as your pastors for a while now, and I think they may help you recognize the hurry that you live in. They may help you move towards something different. And, and so this series is going to be helpful for people right now who are thinking to themselves, there has to be a better way. How do we keep getting ourselves in this situation? Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? We keep saying it's going to be different. We keep saying when we get through this, and it never happens... If any of that stuff you relate to, this series is for you. Hurry. Hurry takes a toll on our bodies, doesn't it? You know where I start to feel the stress? My shoulders sort of uh, get tense, but especially my chest gets tight. Like I said, I tend to carry it all right here. After a while, I realize, oh my gosh, like I feel like I almost can't breathe because my chest is so tight on a really stressful day. Some people, their stomach churns. Or maybe your jaw gets real set. When that happens over a long period of time, it's our bodies telling us, hurry isn't doing good work for you. Our souls get affected by hurry. If you're always striving and never arriving, 
That situation convinces us that what matters most is just keep up the pace, keep up the pace, keep up the pace. Don't drop one of the plates you're spinning. Don't drop one of those balls that you're juggling. And what we end up doing is we're always chasing the urgent thing instead of ever getting to the important things. And friends, that's hurry sickness. Always striving, never arriving. Such a fast pace of life, it cuts off our connection to God, to other people, to our own souls. And yet Jesus is saying to his people this morning, I invite you to move away from the hurry, friends, and into some stillness. Anybody want to learn from Jesus today? Okay, I was going to say, we just go to lunch then, because I got nothing if we're not here for that. <laughs> if you want to learn from Jesus today, I'm going to invite you to listen in for something better and something different, something healthy, something sustainable, maybe even rest. Everybody say rest. rest. That's one of those words that sounds like what it's supposed to mean, doesn't it? Let's just say it again, just a minute, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to ask you to slow it down this time. Let the end of the word linger between your tongue and the roof of your mouth, all right? So just sort of say it like it's supposed to feel, all right? Everybody ready? Rest. Doesn't it have that little feel to it? Rest. I mean, just when you say it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll put me down for some of that. Here's what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you. He says, just come be with me, recover your real life, and you'll get some rest in the picture. Come be with me and rest. Now, here's the thing, friends. Many of us know that passage. It's a very famous quote from Jesus. But there's a big difference between the invitation and learning how to live in the invitation. The reality, most of us are dealing with the gap between those two in a big way. Jesus, I get it, and that sounds awesome, but good grief, how in the world am I supposed to do that? And Jesus says, glad you asked. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. Some translations say for your souls. Now, we're in farm country, so most of us know how this works, a yoke, right? But in Jesus' day, this was ubiquitous. I mean, this is how they, this is how they got all the work done. They would yoke two animals together with this wooden frame so that together they could get the work done more efficiently. And so when Jesus uses this illustration, they know immediately what he's talking about. What a beautiful picture. Leave it up here for a minute, uh, Landon. What a beautiful picture of what it looks like to be with Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to work with Jesus, because he invites us to learn from him the unforced rhythms of grace. As Willard says, grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. Listen, friends, God is not the one doing all of the work. He gets the work done, but he never does it without our participation. Amen? He invites us, come be with me. Watch how I do it. Do this in tandem with me. I'll do the work as you cooperate with the Spirit. And along the way, you'll get rest for yourself. He even says that his invitation is free and light. You want a way of life that's free and light? Come be with Jesus. Here's what he says. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is what? Light. Does that sound pretty good? A light burden and an easy yoke? Hurry sickness. 
always striving, never arriving, such a fast pace of life that I've cut myself off from my connection with God, with other people. Sometimes my own soul can't breathe. And Jesus comes along and he says, I invite you to move away from that hurry and enter into stillness for a change. I love how Eugene Peterson puts this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. In his uh, message Bible paraphrase, he quotes Jesus like this. Are you tired? I could just stop there probably, right? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Imagine that yoke again. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Grace. Did you know that grace says you can take off the yoke of performance? You can take off the yoke of perfection and achievement. You don't have to carry the guilt of never getting enough done. You don't have to carry the shame of never measuring up to somebody else's level of productivity or activity. You don't have to deal with the fear of not being able to keep up with other people. You can lay all that stuff down and you can learn from Jesus the unforced rhythms of grace, life that is free and light. I know that we're 21st century Americans. I get that. I realize that we have more discretionary time and money than almost anybody in the history of this world. I just wonder if what Jesus offered 2,000 years ago doesn't still apply to us, that life in his kingdom was intended to be different from the life we could live by any other means. And if he's just calling us back and saying, if you really want this, I got it. It's available. You can have this life, but you'll probably have to learn it. You'll probably have to practice it. You'll probably need to come and walk with me and work with me and see how I do it, or you'll never get it because you're not going to learn it anywhere out there. Everywhere out there is going to be pressure, pressure, pressure to do more, be more, have more, make more, spend more, whatever that is, right? It's always more. But when you come to Jesus, he says, I'm enough. <laughs> Isn't that good news? I'm enough. If you'd like to yoke up with Jesus this summer and try some of this stuff out, we're going to give you some practices that will help. And this first one that I'm going to lay down the foundation for is so simple, it's easy to miss, but I'm going to tell you, it does not happen automatically. Not for anybody I know does this happen automatically. I'm going to challenge you to practice some silence this week, stillness. Did you say silence, Brian? That's it? Nope, that's not it. We're going to have three more practices over the next three weeks. But this is a start. Silence isn't everything, but it is something. And I want you to have an experience of what silence or stillness could do for your soul. And it is awfully hard to experience silence these days. No TV running in the background? Nope, no TV in the background. No music on Alexa? Nope. No podcast in my ears? Nope. No notification pings on my phone? Nope. Complete and total silence of any artificial or manufactured noise. <laughs> I've been surprised the last few years how much silence has contributed to some of the healing of hurry sickness in my life. And those of you who know me well know, I'm all about the energy. I'm all about the activity. 
I'm all about getting it done. I'm all about how many more people could I hang out with? How many more fun things could we do, right? And I've had to learn from Jesus what some of this looks like so that my soul could recover. I found out that that's not a sustainable pace for humans. Maybe it was never meant to be. Hurry sickness, always striving, never arriving. My soul cut off from my connection with God, my own self from other people that I love, and I've discovered that Jesus invites me to move away from that hurry, and sometimes it's stillness that he's inviting me into. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, I love to cook, and when I'm cooking, I love nothing better than Irish jigs playing in the kitchen. Irish music is my cooking music. And uh, I love it. I can sing the songs along. The grandkids come in. They know the songs by now. And we cook together, and it's a blast. Sometimes I like to play my Irish jigs in the kitchen. I listen to several hours of podcasts a week when I'm walking, working in the yard, driving, whatever. I get in plenty of favorite shows. But for the last several years, I have begun to cultivate hours of intentional stillness in my life when none of those things are happening. Me being with Jesus, resting in his grace, remembering who he is and who he says I am. And I got to tell you, my soul starts to breathe in that stillness in ways it can't any other way. I feel rest. It took me by surprise at first because I thought, what? I mean, who really needs that? I mean, I'm just an active person, you know? Like maybe an introvert would need that. I don't need that. And I'm discovering differently. Susan Mudo says, in a noise-polluted world, it's even difficult to hear ourselves think, let alone try to be still and know God. It seems essential for our spiritual life to seek some silence, no matter how busy we may be. Silence is not to be shunned as empty space, but to be befriended as fertile ground for intimacy with God. I love that picture. Befriend the silence as fertile ground for intimacy with God. So, I'm going to ask you again. You don't have to answer out loud. Do you really want something different? That's the, that's the only thing that really matters in this room is if you want it, because I can't help you with that part, right? <laughs> but if you do, if any of this appeals to you, I can give you a homework assignment that might help. And so I'm going to give you a little thing. We're going to call these equipping labs, because what we do around here is equip disciples. And we're going to give you one each Sunday this is your first equipping lab that you could practice this week. I'm going to challenge you to find some space where you can be uninterrupted for 20 minutes. For some of you, that may be harder than others. The kids are home, okay? Find some space where you can be uninterrupted and set your timer for 20 minutes and do not put on any artificial noise. Put your phone on silent. I'd like for you to start with 10 deep breaths where you just slow it all down because a lot of times we're just like, so you might need to transition into it. And on the exhale of those 10 breaths, I want you just to surrender yourself to the presence of Jesus. Just whisper or think the words, here I am, Jesus. I know this sounds simple. I just want you to try it. It's just an experiment. You're free to hate it, okay? But I'd like for you to try it. Here I am, Jesus. Here I am, Jesus. After about 10 of those, just sort of let the stillness settle in. If you need to repeat those words, do so. Are you going to think something distracting? Yes. When you do, just notice it and let it go on by, all right? Don't get too attached to it. Just say, huh, interesting. Let it go. Come right back to it. You've got to say, here I am, Jesus, till the phone goes off 20 
minutes later. I'd like for you to experience the freeness and lightness of nothing interrupting you just being a human in the presence of Jesus. Period. That's it. Just grace. <laughs> That's the assignment. I'm going to ask you again. Don't answer out loud. Do you want it? Do you want something different or something better? And are you willing to try something even if you've never tried it before? Because that's what might help you experience it. Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to do a little warm-up before we go, okay? Just to get you into the spirit of things. We're going to try two minutes, all right? So I'll set my phone timer for two minutes. I want you to start with those um, ten breaths. Oops, I'm sorry. I said it for two hours. <laughs> I really did. That wasn't a joke. I'm like, oops, wrong column. I can barely see it. That's why. Um, yeah, it's two minutes. Um, I want you to start with those 10 breaths, and on the exhale, just whisper or think to yourself, here I am, Jesus. Close your eyes if that's more helpful for you. Uh, you let the clock worry about the time, and you just worry about just being here, just sitting and being human. Nowhere to go, nothing to do, nothing to respond to, nothing to listen to, just being in the presence of a God who's crazy about you for two solid minutes. Just rest. Ready? Here we go. almost asleep there. What did you notice? Two minutes of silence, just offering yourself to Jesus. Anybody notice anything you want to share? Cody. Ah. 
And what did, what did that signify to you, do you think? Any idea? Yeah. Yeah. The fruit of the Spirit that maybe God wants to grow in our lives. We just open up the space for it to, to be there, right? Thank you, bud. Anybody else? <laughs> That's really a great observation, Sharon, and thank you for the honesty of that. Isn't it funny? Again, we're 21st century Americans. We're all about doing stuff, right? We're about give me the checklist, give me the performance test, give me the whatever. I'm going to ace it all, right? And even, here's what's funny. Spiritual life doesn't really work like that, honestly, but that's what we'll turn it into, just like that at the drop of a hat, you know, is I'm already doing it. Sometimes it's about being present, right? Not how many more things can I check off my list for God right now? Something else. How did you feel when the two-minute timer went off? Pardon? It's quick? Oh, yeah, it was quick. It, it was ac actually faster than I thought it was. My, I was sort of lost in the here I am Jesus and... It's funny because you, you think about it and you think, oh my gosh, two minutes of silence, 20 minutes of total silence? You might be surprised what good stuff happens in your soul in just 20 minutes, you know? You may be doing 30 or 40 because, you know, you're going to ace this by next week, I know. So you may be like on the performance track. But seriously, if, if 20 is good and you want to go for 25, go for 25. You do whatever the Holy Spirit has for you to do. But I want to challenge you to take up this assignment. Anybody else? What was it like when the timer went off? What did you notice? Take one more. You were annoyed. Oh, that's a very interesting observation. What was annoying about it, do you, do you think? Oh, okay. <laughs> so when the timer went off, that noise was not, <laughs> did not bring the most pleasant thoughts. Huh? I can feel you on that, because sometimes when I hear people's um, uh, phone notifications go off, you know, uh, Brenda, I'll do this like, can you... Do you mind to turn your phone notifications off if we're like at home in the evening and it's all quiet or whatever? Because like when I hear that ping, I think I'm supposed to do something, right? Like there's something I'm supposed to call, I'm supposed to be aware of. Uh, that's hilarious, bud, and honest. Here's the thing, friends. You won't know if you don't try it. I believe with all of my heart, Jesus is offering us a chance to recover from hurry sickness. I agree with Dallas Willard, I think, in my life, and I see this in many of our lives. I think hurry and get it all done and keep up the pace and do a little bit more is killing our souls. It's killing our relationships. It's disconnecting us from God, and I think we need this good news right now. Hurry sickness, always striving, never arriving, fast pace that cuts me off a connection from God, my soul, from other people I love, and I want to respond to the invitation of Jesus, step away from the hurry sometimes and just enjoy the stillness and rest. And if you want that, give this 20 minutes a try this week, and then we'll build another practice onto it next week. Everybody good? Yeah, hurry, sickness. Um, <laughs> come be with me. And rest. Work with me. Walk with me. Yoke up with me. What a great invitation that the God of the universe wants that with you this week. That's amazing in itself, you know? Amazing invitation. You all want to stand to your feet? Welcome, you're back from the Smokies, is that right? Yeah.
Was it right that I saw Danielle post that you guys saw like nine bears or something? I don't even know how this works. You, the Clousers, these people, we went to the Smokies for like 20-something years straight or whatever. What have we seen, one or two bears? One. <laughs> all, she, all she wants every year is, I hope we see a bear. And then we read all these posts where, we saw nine, and we think. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But good for you. <laughs> it is beautiful, isn't it? It is gorgeous out there for sure. I'm glad you saw nine bear. Really, I am. <laughs> yeah, Brenda, Brenda, Brenda struggles with forgiveness issues way more, so it may be a while. <laughs> uh, folks, I love you. I'm so glad we get to do life together. What a good way to start a week, to start a day. What an invitation from Jesus, and what good news we've celebrated through music and through message today. I hope it just saturates your life this week, and I hope it saturates it so fully that it flows out through you for the next 167 hours to somebody nearby, and they get a little up-close experience of what it must be like to be loved by God because they ran into you. That would be amazing. So go do it. I'll see you next Sunday.